Ladies and gentlemen, this is the 17th episode of Concerned Dabs Podcast. I am your host, Katie M. Kane. Joining us in a few minutes will be my co-host, Will Terps. He had to handle some things at work before he jumped on. And our guest tonight, ladies and gentlemen, is Kramer.pdx. What up? All right. He's here, folks. We can see and hear him clearly on the stream. Um, I, I want to... Uh, wait just a second to give will uh, a chance to get on he might might be a couple of minutes but uh i just want to talk about how i came across kramer on ig uh he looked like a solvent extraction guy and i think maybe we weren't following each other when we did that episode will and i did a solvent extraction episode our first eight episodes were themed right we had like a cultivation one solvent extraction solvent less uh we had like a regulation, a retail, um, what else do we have? Oh, butt tenders episode. And we could not get anybody for the life of us who run oil to come on the show, man. You know what I mean? And so when I started following you, I was like, oh man, this guy, he's paying attention and he looks like he knows what he's doing. So uh sent Kramer a DM and he was just like, yeah, man, sure. You know, so. I appreciate you, dude, taking the time out of your Sunday evening to uh, come on the show and let us ask you questions, man. No, hey, well, I appreciate you guys. I'm I'm a huge fan of the show. Um, actually, like, uh, um, I I saw recently that you guys had two of my like all time biggest canna cannabis heroes. Um, one eye, uh, breeder, a dog walker, and uh, yeah, you know, pig farmer. Uh, who's, um, you know, honestly, probably my, my favorite grower, you know, he, he grows, you know, the fire. Dude, so, same. So um, when you guys uh, reached out to me, it was uh, quite an honor. So thank you very much, man. All right, cool, dude. We love to hear that. And I, I second both of those notions, man. I really love One Eye's work and I really love Pig Farm's work too. Um, For real. Yeah. And I mean, I haven't traveled the world in weed. But in my little universe that I've uh, traveled in so far, those guys really are at the top of the list, you know. No, same, same. Um, I'm I'm mostly a an Oregon guy myself, but um, I have uh, I've sampled, you know, uh, quite a bit, and I know that those guys are up here for sure, for sure. Yeah, man. Yeah, the uh, the extent of your following is not necessarily the quality of your work, you know, because uh. A lot of my Cali homies really, no oh man, Jungle Boys, Jungle Boys. I'm like, don't they got, don't they grow in rock wool cubes with water? You know, like that. I mean, that's commendable. I think it looks dope to have a three pound plant and a six inch rock wool cube. You know, I'm like, damn, that's impressive. But I, I'm just kind of more of a soil, soil guy, and I haven't tried any of their weed, so I can't totally hate. Maybe they'd like to come on the show, or maybe I'll go to Cali and try their shit at a function or something. But Bag um, appeal isn't everything, you know. With, with Jungle Boys, I, 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 that's interesting. You brought that up because uh, I have some some friends of mine that are growers, and I I brought that up. I said, "Hey, what what, what is the all the hype with the Jungle Boys? I don't I don't quite get it. You know, I follow them on on IG, and um, you know, the way they described it to me is, you know, they they, they do a hell of a good job yielding uh, on an in, indoor space. And um, again, I'll preface that by saying I haven't tried their stuff yet, but you know, hype is Hype is important, you know. Got yeah. They have T-shirts in at uh, what was it, in the mall, right? Uh, yeah. Jungle Boys guys. Yeah. So, yeah. So, 
that's I, I uh that's what I'm saying. I, I commend efficiency. You know what I mean? It's it's impressive. Like seeing their their feed is like wow, you guys are really doing some good stuff. Um, Seriously, the t-shirts too. I, I remember Joshua Steensland going live one time on one of his YouTubes, and he's no till indoor, like no newts, no nothing. Just add water. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And when he was on his is live he was wearing a t-shirt that said jungle boys and someone immediately was like why is the biggest no-till guy wearing a jungle Boys <laughs> t-shirt you know what i mean and he didn't respond to it but i did i got on. i was like he's not being a hater is what he's doing you know what i mean and he josh thingsland got on there was like man petrelli 82 thank you and i'm like Dude. i'm like man for real and and he he commented after that and just said i respect anybody who is willing to share knowledge with the world um he's like you we, we had to be underground for a really long time and now that we're not um a lot of people are being stingy and greedy with their their information which i understand everybody's a businessman but i respect anybody who's trying to help someone else learn and you know I, I thought that was dope man i'm like he is a super cool cat man i uh we had him on the show for our cultivation episode episode two and I'm trying to get him back in the future he's a uh, he's one of those worldwide guys Hawaii and all these other places because he's got that that biodynamic no-till game dude um, that that's legit yeah man I, i'm really impressed with that guy and most no-till, I, I will agree, is not that impressive. Um, but his is, dude. Like, I, I got the, it was the grease monkey. The grease monkey flower rosin and the grease monkey flower. Um, I got to try some of that from him. And I was just like, dude, just water and fan leaves? Like, man, this is tight. You know what I mean? Okay. So, Will said he's going to be on in five minutes. That was about two minutes ago. So, um, while we're waiting for him, Kramer, is it okay if I start with my cookie-cutter questions? Because I know that guy, Will just knows a lot more about oil than I do. He he smokes a lot more of it than I do. So, I mean, I I wanted to make sure you weren't blindly coming to the interview, so I sent you some sample questions. But I I figure... uh, Will will have some really interesting ones too, so let me get get a couple of mine out of the way first, if that's all right with you, Kramer. Shoot, go for it, man. Okay, so uh, when did you start extracting? Oh, that's a good question. Um, so I don't know what you exactly count as extracting. Yeah, man, I mean, glass glass tubes in the backyard, bro. Like that counts. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, before before any of that, um, uh, probably started with can of butter. Um, ah dope. Crock, crock pot tech yeah know? that's that's still the way i do it bro like, yeah you know no chocolate chip cookies that's my shit man dude I, it, same dude I, I still there's nothing that really beats that that fat extraction or yeah you know um it it, it really gets same, you lit same dude yeah. i i'm just not a a huge fan of distillate edibles you know what i mean i'm like oh. this is fucking whack you guys you're doing this for consistency but the high is just fucking bland man it feels like pills you know what i know no no tr- truly um you, g- given the choice between a butter edible and a, uh, a distillate edible butter all day every day um you know uh there, there's a couple brands out there that are they have some butter on the sales but like you said um distillate 
is uh is, is what's out there primarily for edibles yeah kind of, man yeah you need that that full spectrum and that we used to do what that crock pot just set it and forget it overnight or whatnot keep, keep it really simple filter yeah, it through cheesecloth and that's one thing too is i would before i asked if they were made with distillate i would ask them how long they decarboxylated Mm. their oil you know what i mean because when i start it for some butter i do that shit for 18 hours or 24 hours and yeah. it gives me the effects that i want i don't know if it's like breaking down into more cbn or something but every single time i would ask a company rep how long they decarb it's like two hours yeah and that's it and i'm like what the fuck like even like the syrup because to me the if if it's gonna mimic some actual lean it's got to slow me down and chill me the fuck out you know what i mean without having to drink a whole bottle and that's just not the case with anyone's weed syrup that i've tried and i feel like that's what the difference is is the the length of time they're decarbing for you know what i mean no i i I couldn't agree more um that's what kind of excites me about uh some of the newer focus on um different cannabinoids other than just thc and cbd yeah you know um cbn cbc cbg um it'll be interesting to see um as those catch on becomes more more popular like cbd um thcv uh, also that tetrahydrocannabivirin they say that's supposed to be like a a, an appetite stimulant or uh or reducer you know what i mean depending on which which quantity it's in no absolutely um so i think um it's interesting how CBD kind of just uh, opened the door um, to acknowledging other cannabinoids other than, than THC. So, I agree. Yeah. I agree, man. Okay. So back, back to the question, man, my bad. So you started with no. butter and then, and then what oh, else, man? I'm sorry um, for interrupting. Oh shoot. Okay. Well, we'll just work in chronological order. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. Start from the beginning. Started, probably started messing around with um, Rick Simpson oil um, kind of extractions, right? Doing yeah. uh, like whole plant using isopropyl alcohol, um, you know that that was fun. Um, and then uh, I remember, uh, you know, uh, seeing seeing some guys in the neighborhood um, blasting cans. And uh, you know, the first time I saw it, it was this big um, giant monstrosity of a PVC white PVC pipe, and it was crazy. And it was like, what are they doing? And it definitely sparked my interest. Oh, so they were, that was their column? It was made out of PVC the first time you saw it? Yeah, the first time Damn, I saw it. Damn, that's fucking yeah, no. crazy. Later on, glass tubes. Saw glass tubes later Yeah. On. Yeah, but, um, and I, I remember immediately seeing that and saying, man, there's no way that um, that you want to want to mix that plastic. Yeah. <laughs> but well, yeah. Dude, just explosion. I'm like, that could probably explode and fucking send PVC shrapnel everywhere. You know what I mean? Like. That would yeah. hurt a lot. You might, you might live, but it'd fucking hurt like a bitch, dude. You'd be in the hospital a couple of days. No. <laughs> Seriously, though. You know, like that. that's my biggest fear. When we would run glass tubes, at first it was nothing. But after a couple of times, I would just like, this is really dangerous. You know, like one spark, all this shit would blow up and we'd, we'd fucking be burned really bad and have to go to the hospital. So. Um, yeah no absolutely um you you want to be as safe as possible and, and avoid uh, open blasting um is uh is not cool um open blasting uh 
but um, we're talking we're talking a you know more than a decade long time ago um, uh, you know things people would do and and you know really um, early on started I got my first job here in town from Portland I, I grew up in Southern Oregon I moved here Portland a little bit more than a decade ago and got a job at um, the Cannibalist uh, for some ah, friends. Dope. Um, that was my favorite spot the first year or two, man. Yeah, dude, Cannibalist is legit. Yeah. And I, I worked for some friends um, that owned a booth called uh, um, uh, Northwest um, Alchemy and uh, uh, or um, uh, or such. Uh, sorry. Um, and uh, I remember uh, working there and I would see so much BHO come through and I would see these different tackle boxes and uh, it, it, it was it was inspiring. It was like, whoa, man, it's all this different. I'm used to smoking flour. We know what flour is and, and now I'm seeing all this different selection in oil. And yeah, so it was, it, it was, it was something else. And it was like, whoa, there's this whole new thing going on. Yeah. That was the, uh, the first place I ever got a CO2 cartridge was from Cannabis, and it was from, uh, the, the homegirl KT. I, I think oh. she's still, yeah, yeah. She, she was solid dude. And I remember the cartridges were glass at first and I think it, it would look like Rick Simpson oil, dude. It was super dark and black and me Jackson was my roommate back then. I was staying at his crib, uh, in Portland before he had natural wonders and he hit up the, the place like the same weekend and he came home with some too. And he's like, dude, have you seen these? I was like, yeah, I got one. And that whole weekend we didn't do shit, bro. We just puffed those pens and sat on the couch. You know what I mean? And it was, that was, I don't know, dude, I, I smoked hash before, but I was impressed with the way those made me feel, you know, I was like, damn, this is really super slow and chill out. And from the same place, dude, you know what I mean? No, um, cannabis was legit because it was like the farmer's market where you would have different booths and there was a, a crazy amount of selection um, yeah. in, in one location. But yeah, yeah it's like, reminds me, um, is the old trippy stick. I, I remember the first time I heard about uh, a, a vaporizer or like a cartridge, it, it was, um, you know, Juicy J with the trippy stick and yeah, um, yeah man, times, times are changing. Now we're on to them live resin carts no doubt no doubt okay ladies and gentlemen is that will terps can you hear us okay will terps i can can y'all see me yes we can back in all oregon right. all right this is kramer back in oregon yeah yeah so we were just talking for a little bit there will we were talking about cannabis and uh how you know that was like the the first real cool place when you got your card and he was saying that that was the, the first place where he saw mad selections of dabs and I was telling him that was the first place I got a CO2 pen, the, the Atmos pens or whatever. And, um, that's, that's pretty much where we were at. So, um, Sweet. Can, can you, can you continue on Kramer? Like, you know, like, uh, this is still the first question. When did you start extracting? So word, word. Well, what up, Will? Nice to see you. Nice what up, man? You, you too. Uh, but yeah, uh, being a cannibalist, I would see like tackle boxes of Earl come through and be able to try the flower a lot of the time that that BHO was extracted from. And, you know, you know, being 
already having such a high tolerance, like I needed to already smoke at the time, you know, so much flour to get medicated. Um, yeah. da- dabs at the time were like a godsend because um, if I was to to really sit down and medicate with flour, you know, geez, I'd have to take a, a bunch of bong rips. I'd have to smoke up a, a joint or something like that. And that would take, that would take time out of my day, but learning early on that I could take one or two dabs, be in and out on with my day. It was like, this is yeah. the answer. Get, get higher than, than, than what I was getting with, with the flower, you know, this, um, was super inspiring. Really is, this really is the best argument I've heard from people like you, Crane. Uh, it's, it really is a time saver. You know what I mean? It, it eliminates an hour or two out of your day that you would be rolling up and and puffing on a whole blunt or whatever because i'm i'm kind of there dude like i have a dab rig but i don't dab that often and sometimes i feel like i should like you know i will say while i primarily dab myself especially uh hydrocarbon extract that the high at least in my opinion is not as well rounded it's not as full spectrum as either smoking flour or hash rods it's a little more monotone um to me you know it's either i kind of get like i kind of get energized up or you know i'm kind of like couch locked in that um you know obviously there's exceptions in between but um i mean there's obviously like time and place for everything like obviously i like to, i like to dab myself for the fact that i feel like it's a little easier on my lungs it gets me to where i want to be quicker like kramer said yeah um man. and all that but also, I will say when I smoke a really good flower strain, um, there's there's kind of like levels that herb uh, can hit on that, that dabs can't quite yet, uh, at least in my opinion, in terms of just like a full spectrum eye. Um, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> dabs are definitely my Dude. go-to. I got my dab set up right here, so. Dude, I, I, I feel you. Exactly. I know that I, I've noticed that... Um my go-to thing lately is to do, do a little bit of both is to do some, uh, do some hydrocarbon dabs. And then I'll also smoke a joint and I'll feel like there's that, that, um, that full spectrum synergy. But, um, I, 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 I agree that, um, there is, uh, something missing for lack of a better word from, from the, that BHO high, but, um, rather than kind of pick sides, um, I used to watch a lot of hash church with, um, Boba man and, Bowman mm-hmm. would say, you know, it's all about the quiver, you know, and there's a time and place uh, for everything, or there's a, a concentrate. It's not about, you know, um, solventless versus, you know, solvent or hydrocarbon or this or that. It's, you know, right. there's definitely something good, you know, for each occasion and also for each individual. Because one thing I've noticed is um, just like, you know, you can't smoke weed with everybody and expect everyone to have the exact same response. It's almost like people have different neurochemical, yeah, neurochemistry first, makeup. Personal um, chemistry. Yeah. Yeah. That's what yeah. I would say when I was a butt tender, it depends on your personal yeah. chemistry. When I smoke this, I chill the fuck out. You know what I mean? Or when I smoke this, I get kind of hype and kind of anxious. You know what I mean? Like this is, this is for work and this is for <laughs> home. But that's just me. You might be different. You know what I mean? Some people, uh, like you're saying, their their personal chemistry is is different and wired. And so I totally would would recommend everyone to to try everything, not to to play favoritism, you know, as much as possible. You know, you know, I I I'm guilty of you know uh, not being the biggest fan of CO two oil in the past, but 
I've, I've really come around recently. Uh, you know, there's some amazing uh, CO2 oil when done right um, that, you know, can, can be really amazing um, more yeah. in a more in an edible component. I should, I should, uh, you know, not, not as much in, in the vaping department, I, I agree, but, um, man. Yeah, but uh, just, just more, more in on the, you know, there's a time and place for everything. But uh, for, for me personally, as someone that has dabbled in this and that, I, I, I love hydrocarbons, you know, BHO um, butane specifically is, is uh, it kind of just, it, it, it you know, it goes well with me, and and uh, I think specifically, it it just gets you higher in general. It it gives more more oomph. You know, it, it gets it gets the job done. Um, you know, and uh, unless you're going for, you know, that crim that best of the best six star full melt bubble hash, but let's be realistic. You know, how many of us can afford that? Let alone yeah, it's just expensive. Uh, so I was about to say, but, I can't or, afford to smoke that all the time. I, or, I can't. At all, <laughs> I, I can't either. I, I wouldn't. I would <laughs> you know, I, I would. like exactly. Um, and, yeah, and, and that's how, what it goes. You know, unless you're you're dealing or producing it, it's hard to afford that type of extract. You know, or type of concentrate. No, seriously, but more incentive for for everyone to produce more of it, so that there's there's more high quality hash around. But I say the, the the more the merrier in general. You know, no yeah. doubt. Totally, yeah. My next cookie cutter question: uh, Why did you settle on solvent? Uh oh, shoot. Well, I would kind of like piggyback that off of what I was just saying. Like, um, I just think uh, solvents work really well. A lot of oomph. Um, When when I started uh, extracting professionally, this was before like the rosin kind of craze that kind of came in. You know, when I getting going initially in the medical uh, arena so, um, early on kind of played with the rosin rosin tech and it wasn't fully I think developed at the time but you know honestly now I look around some of the rosin being produced it's you know absolutely outstanding but you know there's so much you know there's there's pros and cons to looking at you know solvent based extraction or solvent you know extraction you know okay uh, but but for but for me you know um i i kind of came up in the medical the ommp world yeah and, uh the, the priorities um then were ill people sick people you know we're, yeah. we're trying to alleviate medical conditions uh, pain cancer seizures um and it was kind of more early early on and when it comes to that medical context really focusing in on what's gonna do get the job done what's gonna get the cannabinoids in the system and get the individual medicated and uh you know solvent extracts really seem to do an excellent job of of doing that uh-huh. I I agree, man. For certain conditions, uh, flour just isn't really gonna help that much. You know what I mean? You need uh, extra kick. Yeah, I, man. Definitely. I was watching. I was watching this TED talks from Rachel Knox earlier today. Shout out to Jason Ortiz for uh, sending me that link. But she's a doctor from Portland, and she had a, a lady on there with Parkinson's disease for like the first minute of her TED talk. TED talk. She had a video. 
and I think she was in she was she had the English accent, but she did you know 30 seconds uh of talking off of her regular parkinson's medication and you could see that and she was like look it doesn't work i'm still shaking and i'm still you know like jittery and uh then she it was some rso like some rick simpson oil then she was like when i do concentrated cannabis oil and then they showed the next 30 seconds and she was standing in the same place not shaking and speaking way clear and calm and cool and she's like when i use this oil this is what happens you know what i mean and so i I was just like man so for like a severe condition like that i agree man you know like medically you probably need some concentrates something stronger than oil because uh flour just isn't to the strength that you need to to combat your condition oh yeah you're looking at, you know, throwing throwing the kitchen sink at the problem, you know, yeah. pulling out the, the big, you know, artillery. But yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, but uh, on a on a similar tip, um, unfortunately, my my dad had has been uh, uh, he has Parkinson's syndrome. Oh. It, it, it's kind of minor, and and he's got he's got the shakes as well. And um, I've hooked him up with a grip of. Uh, CBD gummies, uh, specifically some of the older CBD gummies from from Lunchbox Alchemy. Dude, and, I love and, their and, stuff too. Yeah, no, they're they're what's up, and oh, and Squibs. so they're they're hydro, yeah, they're, so they're hydrocarbon um, CBD dominant um, squibs, and uh, sometimes you know he'll he'll have the shakes and then he'll eat a squib or half a squib, and then you know it, they'll go away. He'll be you know the tremors are, are eliminated. So it's like it's on and off. It's like a it's like a light switch. You know, um, it's, it's difficult, you know, I'm still, um, working with him to, to ramp up his medication, you know, his cannabis intake so that he can see relief all day long. But, yeah. uh, but it, it, it's true. You know, it, it really, it really does stuff, but yeah. Dude, yeah. That's awesome now correct hear. me if I'm wrong, since I came on the, the podcast a bit late, um, Kramer, you are or were, a extraction lab tech for botanical laboratories, right? Yes, yes, I was. Yes, okay, absolutely. gotcha. Um, um, are you? And apologize, I'm sure you guys went over it, but are you independent now, or are you are you uh, extracting for someone else? Um, no, I'm not extracting at all right now. I have nice. no outfit. Um, so if anyone out there is looking for an extract tech, definitely hit your boy up. Definitely. Um, but but yeah, um, help botanical labs get going, and it was a super fun um, learning experience. Um, I think, um, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but like within, uh, it was hard getting the licenses, but we were actually, when I was there, uh, Portland's first hydrocarbon license um, yep. for operations. Um, so, you know, I think there was a couple in Clackamas County, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with, um, you know, first in Portland. But, but anyways, um, that, was, uh, that was definitely uh, a lot of fun, uh, especially transitioning into uh figuring out yeah, the rules and regulations and and the city and, and yep. um, you know calling in osha and and all these things that uh were kind of alien at the time but um have since proved to be you know amazing learning experiences yeah no doubt nice. bro. yeah I, I visited i took a tour of botanical labs probably two years ago or so so maybe even when you were working there yeah, I think I was. Um, yes. Yeah. 
Yeah, super cool outfit. You guys are were producing fire. I'm sure you're you're still producing that. But uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, definitely. I remember going into it. Um, the owner, I think his, his name's Matt, if I remember correctly. Um, yeah, he was stoked about being one of the first, like you said, licensed uh, extraction labs in the city of Portland. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, when you, I'm I'm now positive that you were you were producing. Uh, at the time I had tried stuff and visited. So excellent work, man. Excellent work. Oh, wow. Well, thank you so much. Yeah. Matt, Matt's a cool guy. Um, uh, I, I met Matt a handful of years ago. Um, and we linked up, uh, right at the beginning of, of, uh, you know, the recreational boom. And, uh, he, he knew of my expertise, um, in, you know, making, you know, building labs. I I helped build a, a couple labs in, in the medical sphere. And, nice. uh, and so, you know, he kind of brought in the, uh, the business acumen, um, and I kind of brought in the, you know, make hash. Expertise. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, uh, exactly. we, we joined, we joined superpowers and, you know, botanical labs is the, the, the child of, of that labor. And, you know, it, it it's, uh, it, it's super, um, it's super challenging to, 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 to start, you know, with nothing and to, to build, you know, uh, something, but, um, it means a lot to have an organization out there that's, you know, making medicine, you know, for the people, at least that's, that's the way I think of it. I think of definitely con- con- concentrates as medicine. Again, I, I come from that medical, you know, kind of uh, origin, but yeah, yeah, I say, I personally believe the more hash out in the world, the, the better, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. I agree with that for sure. No doubt. No doubt. And and I will say, like, I'm pretty sure this, like I said, I'm pretty sure this was the time you were working there. But, like, when I took my tour of botanical labs, it was um, easily one of the most impressive labs I've toured, especially with not just with equipment and the space, but with how cleanly you guys were. You guys, like, literally took it to the next level. Like, every single, you know, area that you worked on or worked with was spotless. And that's really important for for you know uh processors and producers alike no and there's there's a number of reasons for that um first off we had the blessing of being able to design an extraction facility from from nothing we had a a a blank canvas a a a really large warehouse and we were able to to actually i was able to sit down with a pencil and and draw blueprint the rooms and and help Mm -hmm. um kind of put in my two cents of of how from an extractor's point of view, what would be the, you know, what would be the ultimate extraction facility? Right. Um, and, and, you know, that was, you know, super cool, you know, being able to think uh, from the, the workflow uh, when it comes to um, we've got to input this raw material, you know, we're going to get, you know, tonnage, tons of weed coming in and then we got to store it, you know, effectively. We, it's got to be, it's got to be stored in a climate, you know, controlled environment, and then it's got to be, you know, processed efficiently, and then uh, packaged efficiently, distributed, and then kind of designing a workflow around that was super, super fun. Hell yeah, yeah, dude, man, same, like my, uh, I worked in fisheries uh, production and monitoring and evaluation for like 12 years before I moved to Portland, and so all of that experience too was just like, and, and it's just, for harvesting weed but in 2016 i had like my biggest option happening and 
it was fun to do that too. It's like, now nah, we're going to bring everything in here, hang it here, you know, and it, it just stuff like that is so much fun, dude. And it's cool that people like will pay attention to stuff like that too. And it's cool that guys like Kramer are designing stuff like that. I, uh, Every time I meet someone, I ask what they do for work. If it's something in production, they, they have a mind that's geared towards that usually. And it's cool to hear the stories about how stuff gets rigged up and, and why, man. Because it is, man. Like, Rec now, I, I, I'm not sure about the company that you used to work for, but it is. It's probably tons of weed that they, they bring in. And that's a shit ton of work, man. I was I was talking to uh, Jesse and Mitchell last week about um, the size of a column. You know what I mean? When when every every year I'd uh, grow, I'd have trim at the end. You know, and so if I met somebody who was extracting, that was my question: is what's the size of your column? And they'd say yeah. either two or three pounds. You know, or we have five, but it's best to fill it with three and a half, not all the way. It runs better that way. And so I'm just like, whatever. But now, I mean, shit, how big are the columns nowadays? Is there like 20, 50 pound columns? Is it not efficient to do it that way? Or like- Well, uh, uh, initially, uh, we started out with single column setups, you know, maybe a, a, a two pound column. But yeah. now we're, we're onto these rack mounted systems where you could have five columns or more and you could have up uh, five pounds or more material in each column. Damn. And, uh, you know, and you're looking at running, you know, back to back runs and, and with the climate as it is today with over production of material, yeah. um, you know, running around the clock isn't, um, out of, out of the ordinary for a lot of these, uh, producers here. Yeah. Or- yeah. I've mm-hmm. seen jobs like that advertised too on Indeed. It's, uh, cannabis, uh, solvent extractor night shift. You know what I mean? It's like it's hardcore. Yeah, it's like now nah, we got somebody from ten at night till uh, eight in the morning. You know what I mean? Or till six in the morning, and then yeah, man, it's, it's all day. You know, like fuck, that, that's crazy. That that's the thing about the cannabis industry is I think a lot of people want to think it's sitting around smoking a doobie, chilling out, and you know what? I'm not gonna lie. Sometimes it is, but yeah. most of the time but, it is real right now it work. Is. Yeah, right now it is. <laughs> um, <laughs> But uh, there's a lot of twelve-hour days for a lot of people, and a lot of the gr- yeah. the grind is real, you know, out there. It, it is, dude. And I, I know you're not you're an extractor, not extracting right now. I'm a cultivator, cultivating right now, dude. And sometimes it kills me. Like especially this time of year, I'm like, damn, everything's starting to flip outside right now. I'm like, fuck. I wish I was fucking having my hands in the dirt. But it's it's kind of nice to not be doing those 12 hour days and then it's like in harvest bro it's like 16 hour days you know what i mean especially when it starts raining and being outside in the cold and fucking wet for that long and doing work is just not that much fun dude so so let me ask you this uh kramer if since you're not extracting now in the oregon market who's your go-to like who would you pick up from like what company would you pick up oil from uh, Echo Electuary right now. Yes. They're yep. my, yeah, my, yeah. My go-to. Good answer. Good right answer. here, Sour yeah. Nepali. <laughs> <On deck. laughs> awesome. Yeah. Awesome. The, the Goji OG Diamond. Yes, yeah. yes. Really legit. 
God damn. Super good. That's awesome, you guys. Shout out yeah, to Yeah, and Echo. also, it's just like, shout out to Echo. You can't eat, like, not only do they make good oil, but, like, the people behind the company are so just fucking, they're such nice individuals. Regan, Ross, shout out to both of them. They're humble. They're super nice individuals. They know they produce the fire, but don't act like it. Um, yeah. And that's why I feel like they're, they're one of the most successful companies in Oregon right now. And they continually produce fire and, and uh, you know, have really good farmer processor relationships. No doubt. And you, you, you hit the nail on the head right there with relationships with the farmer. And, mm-hmm. um, and you know, credit, all the credit to Echo because, uh, you know, for lack of a better word, you know, that that shit doesn't just happen. That's all very methodical. Mm-hmm. It takes a lot of effort to produce a, a high consistency product uh, week in and week out. And, um, you know, when you're spending your money, you know, the Terps are going to taste good and the effect is going to be, you know, worth, you know, worth every penny. Um, but yeah, and, and, and almost all of that comes down to um, logistics with the farmer, Yes. Um, work, working together in advance before harvest happens. Um, you don't want to be in that shuffle um, last minute. And uh, so a lot of it is, is just being pre- premeditative about the entire extraction process. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. And I feel like, too, with extraction in Oregon, too, it's all about knowing what farmers you want to process for and then being also able to effectively like if you're taking on new clients new farmers effectively screen their material for something that would turn out good you know i mean a lot of processors you know the some of the first steps might be to to have their own single source you know create their own garden which is definitely super smart but Echo has been very um, articulate with what farms they work with and what type of material they process, um, which also has, has you know, benefited them. Um, but also Echo, they I don't know if they still do this 100%. I'm sure they do. But when they started out um, on the, in the rec industry and, and were doing it medical, they would, if, if you were to collab them, if you were like a, a farm, um, They'd, you know, they'd ask what strain or what crop or what lot you'd want uh, processed. And then they'd, they, you know, probably ask you like, hey, can we come out and harvest this? They literally like to harvest. Like it seems kind of, you know, maybe it's unorthodox for some farms, but they like to harvest what they're going to process because they like to be able to to snip off each bud, put it right on uh, dry ice or nitro, um, you know, liquid nitrogen or whatever the hell you call it but uh yeah i mean they they pretty much harvest and freeze material that they're going to process on site from whatever farm it is which is that's dope crazy and 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 that that's way legit and from my outsider's perspective and i haven't had the pleasure of meeting the guys and i'm not quite sure what their their methods are but um uh, as someone that's been in the trenches i i know that that's that's probably the single most effective way to, to getting a high quality product is, is uh, uh, working in tandem, if not what they do, which is harvesting it themselves and uh, getting those variables um, up perfect. Um, uh, you know, you really do got to consider the live resin process like flash freezing. Um, you know, you know, you got to do it 
you know just right to have a a perfect you know product and you know the the love and the effort that they put into their product it definitely comes through and um, I would I would really hope that that more um, extraction outfits look to them as a blueprint on how to succeed or how to to really thrive in in this marketplace it, and, and you know it really comes down to you know uh, respecting the material source the, the grower you know they put that blood sweat and tears into growing amazing weed and um so when that hand handoff occurs when that weed goes from the farm to the extraction facility you know it, i hope that it gets appreciated um by the extractor just as much as uh you know the grower uh, who grew Definitely. it no, no. definitely and now going back and correcting myself i'm i'm realizing it's probably highly unlikely that they're still doing that now with the the amount of clients they have that would be incredible amount of work to be like okay well every single strain we want to process for you needs to be we want to harvest it ourselves that would not work out but maybe in more sense they have a a, a protocol i'm like hey this is how we like to have our material prepped for it to be best processed by us um, and I think that's important too. I, I'm pretty sure they're doing that, but yeah, just like you said, um, I mean, farm, you know, the materials where it's at. And, um, if you can get yourself a, a, a nice relationship between, um, farmer and extractor, that's really a, an avenue to, uh, succeed there. No, uh, totally. Cause I, I've worked with, uh, many different rec rec farms and um there is no standard as far as material intake um it if you um leave it um undesignated it uh if say you uh, meet up with a grower and they're like yeah let's let's work together let's make some oil i got you know i got all these strains in the back you know let me just bring you some fire and you know we'll get going um if you go through that with different growers the way the the flower, the way the the material shows up is going to be different. Um, I, yeah, I learned, absolutely. Uh, I learned, you know, early on. I, I tried to make kind of like a pamphlet um, so that I could, you know, um, you know, deal with those the logistics. How, how I would, in an ideal world, um, and you know, the cannabis world is never ideal, but in an ideal world, how the cannabis would be prepared, you know, um, you know, airtight, you know, kept cold, um, etc. And you know, there's many different ways of of looking at how to do that but um yeah just preventing the oxidization you know, preventing terpene loss um you know and, and usually when i was able to put it in the kind of phrasing of you know this is how you know you put so much effort into growing the weed this is how we're gonna you know maximize the extraction process and you're gonna get the 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 most you know terpene essence you know uh, it, it they they really jumped jumped on board but um, I would love to see um, more unification as far as the standards of um, material, as far as um, different different growers here in Oregon, because it is still kind of, you know, um, uh, you know, uh, however everyone's been doing it is kind of how they're doing it, and I think it could be refreshed with with new eyes now that we, as a community, kind of unanimously agree that terps are are what's up. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I That's definitely man. Will that. Will and, uh, Terps knows what's up. <laughs> no, I mean we all know what's up. But yeah, I was say I completely completely agree with that because I feel like you know people sometimes the producer uh, 
extractor relationship is a bit skewed you know sometimes people think uh there's this term that's being used uh in the that i've heard in the uh, organ industry is like polishing a turd it's yeah. like you Disclet. can distillate that and also you can make some shit material look real light and nice almost like live resin you just like i don't know much about extracting but i'm pretty sure you just up the propane level a bit if you have a little higher of a propane to to end butane mix you get a little bit lighter color and i feel like people take advantage of those ratios and like i said polishing a turd you know there needs to be more um emphasis on the quality that the producer provides to the extractor because you know there you're you're extracting what you get you can't make miracles happen if the if the material's well grown you're going to get a good yield and you're going to get some nice looking uh oil but if it's not grown properly if it's a little bit oxidized if, if something's off you know that's going to be reflected in the end product and it's not the processor's deal you know it's it's the grower Will, you are a thousand percent correct, and um, that, that's why I, and I think that really illustrates why, just like in the old days, um, you know, you still need to know your source, and you really need to trust where you're getting um, your weed, uh, where you're getting your oil from, and, you know, do, you know, do a little bit of research into the farm uh, of where that material came from. Do a little bit of research Absolutely. into the the company um, that that's extracting that oil, um, do they, you know, does it all jive with your own ethics, or you know, does it make sense to you? Um, and and you know, I think that, you know that's really important. Is you know, know you know, know your source or, or trust your source. And if you if you don't, you know, if you don't know where to start, you know, we all have a stoner homie that you know that smokes more than us. We can ask them. You know, what's your go-to farm? What's the best farm in town? Who do you like? who's the best extractor, you know, because, you know, we all like Echo right now, but, you know, it might be somebody else might like something else. And, and, uh, you totally. know, and, and, and we need to, to keep those, you know, um, that word of mouth, you know, you know, up, up to date, you know, because, um, you know, the, the, the fire terps are always changing. It seems it's like what might be, uh, what might be what's up, you know, this month might not be what's, what's so popping six months from now. It seems there a lot of inconsistency in the whole, um, you know, weed program. Definitely, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Dude. That's that's where I give props to breeders too. Is like if something you put together is still around two years from when you released it, then that's official. You know what I mean? Because usually something's in and out. There's always a new name for something. I'm always asking what the parents are, and it's uh that dog walker strain bro like that that shit will never stop being fired to me and i've seen it from a couple different guys and it's still legit no matter who runs it and you know like the scooby snacks is bred from that and so i, I thought that was awesome too like if if your your strain is being used for the base of a breeding project even if it's the guy who created i still think that's official because it's still around you know what i mean a few years i think it's four or five years for that strain i think you know like that that's official i remember yeah i was at human collective in 2015 we we had that on the shelf back then that was four years ago it's still Definitely. big out there in oregon right now yeah and i think going off that i think um god if i can't 
if I don't forget what I was about to say, but uh, if the um, I feel like people almost like I was saying with with the material is like people don't consumers especially don't consider like hey I you know I picked up this oil it was it had decent flavor it wasn't that smooth that wow this extractor must not mm -hmm. be that good no maybe that the yeah. the grower might have not given them the the best material or the you know material prime for extracting and i'm inclined to believe that there are more processors that know that what they are doing than there are producers interesting um yeah i've, I've noticed a little bit of that but the the way you know i've seen it is as much as it seems other than than this i it, we're at the very beginning of of the cannabis industry and everybody is continuing to learn and uh, evolve together and um you know the, the more you know the more i assume you know growers to have it all figured out that that didn't work the, the more i would reach out and, and kind of converse and work together to try to develop you know, shit, I'm going to say it. SOPs, um, yeah. standard operating procedures I've, for, I've written those too, dude, for retail yeah. and production, you know, let's do yeah. it like this guys. Here's the sheet, you know, like if you I know, get hit by a bus or you hire someone new, just tell them to look at this sheet. This is how you set up, shut down, you know, like this is how it goes. But that being said, if I, I, you know, I, I've had more than my share of large black trash bags full of weed handed to me and you know that's not the most ideal way to store material that's about to be processed no um yeah absolutely <laughs> same um, dude like i've had mad homies like you know people who run oil card you can fucking transfer it to them like yeah and they same it's like two big ass trash bags full of trim and i'm like fuck and see my point with that though is like you're either, when you get to that point, when you get a trash bag full of not very good weed to send to a processor, you either know you messed up and are trying to save money, you know, trying to save the, the money you spent or like the money you'd get on that crop, or you just don't know any better. Yeah. And potentially shouldn't be growing, but that's just a harsh, harsh view on my part. Either you no. know, you know, you're what you're doing is shit. And and you you doing it to to make some money or you just don't know about and, like what and and honestly like that's where I have so much freaking respect for growers is they put it they put it all on the line and they put they 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 grow this massive crop of weed and then um they they leave for the weekend and they come back and it's like all hell breaks loose and any any number of a million potentially you know inevitable things have happened, whether it be pests, whether it be mold, whether it be some kind of equipment that manages yeah, the nutrients true. messed up. Maybe yeah. the whole place got flooded. And, yeah, and, uh, and I would argue really good yeah. growers don't do that, though, that they rarely do that. True, true. That and, yeah. and, I wouldn't and, leave for a weekend ever, bro. Same. You know what I mean? <laughs> it was like Master had some sort of function at school, like the white coat ceremony or something. But then again, I organs filled like, with unprofessional growers. So. Yeah. Well, or, organs full of uh, unprofessional growers and a, a lot of OG. OG, yeah, absolutely. When did you start back to work, Will? Uh, Wednesday, last Wednesday. Tight. Yeah. I'm really happy.
happy for that shit, man. Hell yeah, man. I'm, yeah. Trying, I'm trying to slide through in probably October, November. Okay, so Mitchell from production has a question. What's a better way to handle stuff if not black trash bags? Um, I like just if you can turkey bag, if you get the big turkey bags, you can fit like uh like two pounds of material in one of those big turkey bags. So storing it like that would be a little more airtight and a little safer. I know glass char- glass jars isn't really why would you put trim in a glass jar? You know what I mean? You want to put your nugs in there if you have just a bunch of recycled glass jars. But still, it sucks packing all that around. It's it's difficult to carry all those boxes. You have to make a bunch of trips to the car. So, hey, I'm back. Can you hear me? All right. Yeah. All right. Oh, back. It's all good, bro. It's all good. We have technical difficulties. So it's it's good when we have Will and uh and the guests so we can all – bounce off of each other sometimes like will right now i think i had to go grab a beer or something so it's just me and you but he'll well, where, be right, where he'll were be, we he'll be right back um i fuck i can't remember dude but we did have a question from mitchell while you were away is uh what's a better way to handle material if not in black black trash bags Ooh, great question well yeah. you know this this could be a potentially um controversial topic but right off, <laughs> so it, it 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 totally depends on you know what uh, what state the material's already in. But let's say it's I- ideally already uh, on, still on the plant, and it's and it's ready for harvest. Um, I would say quickly um, take the main uh, fan leaves off of your plant, and then uh, quickly buck uh, the nugs. Um, into a pile and you can kind of have uh, maybe some visqueen, some like plastic, or you could even do like some, some black trash bags sitting on a bed of dry ice. And that would be a really inexpensive way of, of having the, the fresh flower uh, be instantly frozen, do a flash freezing by that, that dry ice. And then you could then package that um, ice cube frozen weed into um, vacuum sealer bags, like a, the good old fashioned the loud uh, vacuum seal bags. The food sealer. The like, food yeah, sealer. Put, Thank you. Yeah, food sealer. We put we put fish we put fish in those. You know, we put jerky in those. So so essentially, you have ice cube weed in a weed in those in the vacuum sealed bag, and and uh, once you got that, you can you can store that in a uh, a chest freezer and process it. Um, you know, uh, when you're ready. Um, but yeah, um, kind of, uh, so to quickly recoup or recount, uh, flash freeze it, um, using dry ice or whatever method and then, you know, get it airtight if you can. And that would be the the best method. Okay. So what if it's already dry? Like if it's just trim, trim from the cookie sheet that got put in, you know, brown paper bag. Instead of a brown paper bag, I've dropped it off like that plenty of times. I'm like, dude, there's two packs in each bag. I wrote the actual weight on each bag. This is the strain or these are the two strains, you know, because I didn't have a full pound of this material or whatever. So I'd mix them. Well, well, to jump in on this, can let me tell you about how the flower lasted at Natural Wonders. Because we kept, you know, our flower for months and that reshelled some of it. So it was pretty pre-rolled April, other May, of it. June, the July. the 
the nicer, the more attention, at least in my opinion, the more attention you uh, spend in packaging packaging it correctly will result in uh, the end the end result. Because the stuff that we got in large turkey bags, large like either Ziplocs bags or whatever. Um, started to lose its terpenes and we had to either half of it or most of it, we had to, all right, we're going to pre-roll this or, you know, offer this for less of a price. This is not shelfable as flour anymore. Damn. The, all the, the, the one farm with like 98% of their strains making it and being able to be reshelved was geek farms because they, they keep everything in glass jars, uh, tightly sealed. Every flower from them smelled terpy still was not dry you know so i feel like uh taking those and this is just my opinion taking those little extra steps to either not put it in a a trash bag or not put it in a brown bag actually seal in the terps and that actually you know makes a difference um you know depending you know where you send it off to no totally um you you got to consider the different factors that would lead to degrading the quality of the cannabis and that would be um heat um oxygen light and and light yeah so um so with that in mind you want it to be dark you want it to be in an airtight container and you want it to be cool um so absolutely so that's that that's i would say you want to do those things with with any material any cannabis material you're planning on processing and that's right what 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 that will do if you keep the material cold is it will prevent uh the molecules from oxidizing and they'll change their state um the different uh molecules within cannabis um they're they're not static they they have multiple forms and a lot of times these molecules whether it be terpenes or cannabinoids can and will oxidize and change form into different molecules with um with temperature light uh um, or time even uh so um usually uh, usually you want to avoid that and i say usually because there are methods like the french cannoli or traditional hash making techniques where you you do actively want to uh partially oxidize or manipulate um you know the different states of the molecules but uh, speaking more for what today's market wants for the artisanal live resin, you know, preparation, we want to usually avoid, you know, those oxidization occurring. And, and if it does, you'll, you'll notice it because you'll have more of those hashy traditional flavors that are more earthy. Um, but, uh, yeah, and you'll get a little bit less of a, a fresh, uh, orientation on the, on the nose. No doubt. Okay. So, uh, I'm going to skip around. Um, one of my cookie cutter questions, cause I see mad pictures of this shit online and I'm not familiar. I, I'm just like, well, how do they do that? How do you make diamonds Kramer? Like what's, what's the basic process beside behind that? Word, word. Well, I could give you like a little bit of a, a rundown on that, but um, I myself haven't made too many diamonds, um, haven't really gotten past the, the R&D stage uh, myself um, on, on diamonds, but it's a really... Temperature, 
from what I understand, temperature, I, and I know zero about extracting, but temperature and pressure fluctuation. Yes, no. I've been there. Ab absolutely. And, you know, I've, I've, I've heard that as well, but um, the process is, is really similar to, to any kind of live resin um, process. You would do a basic, um, like, really cold run uh, through your closed loop extractor and um, uh, you know right when you're ready to to pour um, the solution of of hydrocarbon and and um, an extract uh, you would leave it uh, with a higher concentration of solvent and um, you would you know pour that into a pressure vessel uh, and then um, uh, you would uh, you place that into a cold like a freezer or like a cryo freezer or on dry ice uh, and, so instead and do it Instead of purging it, you let it form crystals in a certain temp or something. Yes, you you, you purge later on during the process, but initially um, you would want to take the the liquid um, solution and 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 freeze it down, and and that'll cause the the THCA to crash out and kind of solidify into these these little blooms, um, and then you uh, you reheat um, the uh, the solution back up and. In, a, in an oven um, at kind of uh, room temp or a little bit above room temp, and depending on on how long you you leave it at that temperature, uh, will kind of dictate the size of the of the diamonds. Yeah. Uh, but after uh, after a predetermined amount of time, you will have um, you know the, the diamond formation, and you'll have the the more terpene rich. Um, uh, uh, fraction on top and at that point you can kind of separate the terpenes from the the thca and and then and then continue on with um with the uh the purge process word but, so is, is it more does it because dude i've never even smoked any of the diamonds i smoke crystalline you know what i mean like the isolate <laughs> but but i've, I've never I, I don't buy dab so when that shit's like 80 bucks i'm like fuck you man i bet I'm good. You know, like on that custody the eighty dollar custody price. Yeah, dude. I'm like, whatever. But it, it's cool to hear about the process because I always see pictures of it. I'm like, man, how the hell do they do that? Cause... And well, also, just like with everything, it, it um heavily depends on the material. Like if you need some super fresh, some really high quality material to even think about making diamonds no absolutely um uh, just because it's it's pure uh it it does not necessarily make it good it it, yeah, it totally it totally comes down to the strain it comes down to the farm um you know credit credit to the farmer uh when it comes down to the effect that that you're gonna get from that concentrate um but yeah um i've definitely been digging um the different kind of diamond preparations um myself lately but um but yeah um i think uh it, it, it's, it it's fascinating taste, does What's it that? taste like does it taste like crystalline or like isolate because that shit tastes like hospital smell to me man no matter what strain it is I'm, <laughs> that's, that's what it tastes like it tastes like a hospital smells bro and i'm like that's strange I'm super high, but I don't know. If <laughs> no, I feel that it, it, there's, there's kind of a, a a unifying taste. It's kind of it's kind of interesting the the, the flavor, but um, 
Yeah. Or- it, it- Oregon genetics diamonds taste like that, if you ask me. Really? Yeah. Trip. Maybe it's I'm also a, not a fan of Oregon genetics, and I have no problem speaking out against them on this podcast. <laughs> Motherfucker has the loudest mouth ever, and some of the most mediocre products out there. I mean, I've tried his diamonds a few times. They taste like, like you said, kind of like the hospital. Like They have no terpene flavor or terpene retention from whatever he's extracted from, and... Oh. Yeah, yeah, that's my question about it too. Is like, cause it it's it seems like when they show it on, it's dipped in sauce, right? It's like there's a couple of big stones of diamonds inside a dark sauce, and it's like people will either dab the sauce or or break off a piece of the diamond and dab that. And I'm like, does the diamond by itself taste like shit? And then the terps are just it shouldn't flavor or something, or is it there, should the diamond supposed what, to be That's what I would too? say. Okay. Because I just had smoked some I, THCA I, I, from Echo, and it it did not taste like that. But then again, sometimes I feel like these rocks and sauce or THCA and sauce, you know, they tend to have a more like separate flavor than unifying it's like you know you know oh i taste the you know this diamond in sauce tastes like it would if i had it live resin or you know it kind of tastes like well i kind of i tasted the diamond and i tasted the the strong sauce separately but it's also dependent i I, i've noticed that as well um it's it's interesting um from the extractor's uh, perspective with the rocks and sauce or the diamonds and sauce is that uh, you, you can play around with that ratio of, of terpenes to THCA. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, and I, I find, um, I, I find that you can really change the effect, uh, you know, say whether you're going to do 30%, um, terpenes, or maybe you're just going to do 5%, you know, terpenes, you can, you can really modulate, um, that, that effect. And you'll see, or different ah. extractors, excellent um, perspective, with different ratio. Sir. Definitely, yeah. yeah, absolutely. I remember talking to Will because I, I, you, you, Kramer, you earlier were talking about efficiency with your day and just doing dabs. I'm Will. I really like my nicotine too. You know, I, I smoke blunts, and if I'm not gonna smoke a whole blunt, take a little bit of tobacco and put it in my bowl with the weed. And friends always frown at me. I'm like, whatever, fuck y'all, you know. And so I was asking Will, like, what if instead of dipping a dab in Terps, what if I dipped it in nicotine e-juice? You know what I mean? Like, would that give me a cement? I I remember getting some e-juice and I never ran the test, you know. I was like, "Eh, it's going to take too much. But maybe I should do that and film it and we can put that on the channel. Hearing you, hearing you tell that story, that that is like from a. If I was a bud tender and I was selling some diamonds and sauce, that's how I would sell it, Kramer. You know what uh, I mean? I would say, well, you can play around with the ratio of terpenes to THCA. You can break off a big piece of this and put a bunch of sauce on there. You do that. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, dude, like that's awesome. Cool to hear you say it. Like I mean, that. it. It's definitely dependent, like Kramer was saying, dependent on the extractor. But here's my question for Kramer, and I don't know this, but like, is it more expensive? And I think I, I think I know the answer, but like, it's probably more expensive to add, to have more actual THCA crystalline in a mix than terps, right? If you were to do more crystalline than terps, that would be more of a like cost effective on the person processing or mixing it, right? 
Yeah, I mean, it, it depends. I mean, even Echo played around with the ratios too. Like one of the first Terps on the rocks. And I, I, got, I totally, I totally. The the first Echo Terps on the rocks I got was, it was nicely balanced, but there was definitely more terpenes than there were rocks. And when I finished it, I had a good amount of like terp sauce in the bottom, and I was like, oh, well, you know, if I get more crystalline or something, I can dip this into that, and yeah. But there was a run that. They did, I think it was the Purple Martian, and maybe they did a few other strains like this. But right before Natural Wonders closed, when we did our transition, we got a batch of Purple Martian terps on the rocks from them. It was a mix of terpenes and THCA, and it was a lot more THCA than there were terps. And that was like, I thought that was a really good ratio. It was like, it was still wet enough to like, you know, okay, all these, all these uh, crystals are covered. But it wasn't so much where in the sense you'd, you'd get left with just terps at the end. But I imagine that that ratio, you know, is is very processor grower dependent and also strain dependent, you know. But totally. And and that's why I'm really excited about um, the live resin cartridges that are more popular recently. Dude. Because that allows yeah. the, the processor an outlet for something to do with the sauce fraction. Um, whereas before it was kind of like, oh, geez, I, I kind of feel compelled to to uh, find something to do or, or maybe infuse uh, a higher percentage of terpenes with the THCA. Whereas now um, we can just slam live resin cartridges yes, with the yes. terpene yeah. fraction. And that seems to be um, definitely a win-win for, for you know everybody. Yeah. Absolutely. No, that's a win-win. I was just thinking that like, you know, you have the slightly less terp fractionated crystalline, which I prefer. Maybe other people prefer the higher terp ones. I don't know. But I feel like people would prefer getting, you know, a little more uh, crystals to actually dab. And also it leaves the processor with the option of like, well, now I have more, um, you know, terpenes and more terp runoff to, to make into carts or fiddle around with. So, yeah. The, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Uh, Kramer, I'm gonna pile. Are you are you still good to go, bro? Like you don't have to leave or anything, right? Okay, no, I'm cool, good, bro. man. Like yeah, we we went two hours with Pig Farmer. If you want to hang out and keep talking, I still got more questions. But if you if you have, you know, if you gotta just say, all right, guys, I, I gotta sign I, off here. I will <laughs> say I have to jet off probably around nine thirty, a little bit after. But okay, I'm okay, good cool. to go then. All right, cool. Let's let's shoot for nine thirty a little bit after then, folks. Cool. Um, I got two. I'm gonna put two of my questions together for you, Kramer. Um, can you explain the differences between, um, like you're saying, live frozen material and dry material, and what are the differences in the end product usually? Terpenes and the oxidization of of the cannabinoids. Um, when you're running dried material, not live material, it really minimizes you know what you can what you can make and what you can do with the concentrate. Um, traditionally, with uh, with dry material, you're looking at more shatter, more wax um, consistencies as far as the preparation, and you're looking at uh, a little bit lower terpene content. Terpenes might not be as fresh. With a, a live resin preparation, you're able to kind of choose whether you want to have sauce as a final 
um, consistency or, or like we talked about the diamonds, um, but you're, you're given a little bit more um, choice as far as the consistency of, of the, the end product. Um, one way I've, I've heard it described is that the different consistencies of concentrates are like uh, um, making an egg dish. Like you can make uh, um, your eggs over easy or you can make your eggs scrambled or, you know, uh, hard boiled eggs. It, it all starts with the same egg, but depending on how you manipulate it, you'll end up with a different consistency. But to answer your question, it really changes, you know, the, the consistency that the concentrate is going to end up in. That's Word. that's a really that's good a analogy. Dude, like hell yeah. Yeah, me I too, mean, because like, you can, you know, like before the eggs are even cooked, you can like scramble them and, and turn them into a different consistency then. And then it, and then you can also, you know, the different consistency, consistencies come from temperature and how long you cook it and the fluctuation with that. And that is totally like, you know, uh, processing oil. It's a very good analogy. <laughs> no doubt. Okay, Kramer, one more question. Uh, what's been your favorite strain to work with and why? Probably Dog Walker and or Scooby okay. Snacks. Okay, there it goes. There it goes. Kind of selfish reasons. Okay. Because <laughs> that's the kind of stuff that I like. Yo, no, I, completely, the, man, I can hear you, you now. Hit the nail right on the head. Oh, I don't know if y'all can hear me, but I'm torching my nail right now. Problem. But Dog Walker, like anything that's gassy, Scooby Snacks. I really like uh, Kimbo Kush. You guys familiar uh, okay. with Kimbo Kush? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it that? Is that Red Eye Genetics that did that? I, I think guess. it's Exotic Genetics. Oh, uh, um, Exotic Blackberry Genetics. Kush and um, shoot, I want to say like. Okay, Snow we can Leopard hear you now. From we can, uh, from we can Fire hear you Farms now. before, it's always come out amazing. Snow Leopard from Fire Farms. <laughs> Um, Kramer, what are you dabbing on right now? We'll have to get him back for another episode because this has been a pretty cool interview. Yeah, yeah, it absolutely has. And this kind of reminds me. Sorry, sorry for the viewers out there. Sometimes technical difficulties happen, but just this has almost reminded me of the the second episode or so we had with Noah. Yeah, it was uh, yeah. Noah and Josh Thingsland. We had super yeah. super cool interviews yeah. and shitty connections on the. Yeah, videos. see, he at least heard what I said because he showed me the GoGOG that he has. They have him from Echo, but we can't hear him. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah, folks, that was a, a, a brief interview with Kramer, former extraction tech from uh, yeah. uh, Botanical Laboratories. He's free now. All right, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. What's up, Kramer? Can you hear us? What's up? Any luck this time? Yeah, man. Yeah, now we can hear you. What's up? Sweet. See how okay, long so, this one lasts. Yeah, right. so w Will's got to leave in a couple of minutes, man. Uh, can you pump your social media one time real quick? Dude, uh, if anybody wants to reach out to me, they can catch me at Kramer.pdx on Instagram. You can email me at Kramer11 at gmail.com. And feel free to just say what up. And you're looking for investors too, right? You're trying to do an extraction company somewhere, somehow? I'm looking for all homies to just reach out and, you know, let, let's work together and try to promote Damn. quality product that we can make. Okay, and good you know, get out to the public. But yeah, absolutely. Heck okay. yeah. And yeah, also I want to 
piggyback off that i also work for the oregon leaf so if you're yeah but anyways i'll just say that if you're looking for work we can you know put a shout out to you see if anyone needs a you... high level extractor um but yeah just appreciate you being on the show man this was awesome we'll have to have you on again soon because some of this cut out but yeah uh we're gonna have to call this episode kramer we gotta have you back within the next couple months dude maybe we can Absolutely, do it next yeah. month because this is a super do dope interview we'll do we'll do another test call on wednesday and test the connection um yeah. ladies and gentlemen this was kramer uh he's a extraction artist in oregon you can catch him on instagram at kramer.pdx i'm gonna go ahead yeah and i can hear my... you guys oh okay cool well, thank you thank you for having having me on yeah dude we appreciate you taking the time dude we gotta have you back and uh and and troubleshoot the connection issue yeah uh, no asap i mean yeah let's you know let's try and have you back in the next month or or, you know a bit longer because i feel like a lot of this interview was cut out and we had a lot more talking to do hell yeah dude i had like eight more questions and shit yeah absolutely thanks thanks for showing up dude we appreciate you taking the time i'll send you the links from youtube and spotify once i have them um and I think that's it, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going to go ahead and do my outro dance. This was the 17th episode of Concerned Dabs Podcast. I was your host, Katie M. Kane. With me was my co-host, Will Terps. Finally from Oregon. Yeah, broadcaster from Oregon. <laughs> with us tonight was Kramer, at Kramer.pdx on Instagram. He's the, the hydrocarbon and, extraction extraordinary. And we will definitely have him back for another yeah, interview because yeah. the technical difficulties on this one, we apologize. Is there anything you hopefully. wish to add, Will? That's it. Okay, no, just cool. other than, yeah, hopefully we, we're going to have him back. Cause, yeah. yeah, hell yeah. And I got to give a shout out to my guys in production, Mitchell Wilson and Jesse, Jesse Curry. Mitchell. Yeah. This Let's has go. been this has been a main not possible without them. And Joseph Street Enterprise Production.